if you have a copy of God's Word, we'll be looking at Lamentations chapter 3 this morning. We've reached the apex in a sense. Uh, we're going up to the apex. Next Sunday, we will reach the apex of what Jeremiah is trying to get to or trying to uh, get the people to understand uh, about God. So this morning we'll look at Lamentations chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. The title of the sermon is The Eclipse of Hope. There are times in our lives where hope seems not to be hope. And for us as believers, hope is not our circumstances. It's not our situations. Hope is a person. And for us today, our hope is Christ. And for these believers, their hope was God. And so we'll see Jeremiah, in a sense, share his testimony and how He's as he goes through the same afflictions that they're experiencing. That there was a time where his hope was eclipsed by his suffering. And we'll see this in these 18 verses. So look with me as I read God's holy word. I am the man who has seen affliction under the wrath of his rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me, he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has made my chains heavy. Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with blocks of stones. He has made my path crooked. He is a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hiding. He turned aside my steps and tore me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a target for his arrow. He drove and into my kidneys, the arrow, arrows of his quiver. I have become the laughingstock of all peoples, the object of their taunts all day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He has sedated me with wormwood. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereaved of peace 
I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. This is God's holy and inspired word. Let us give heed to God's word. Pay close attention. Give all of our attention to God's word. This lament here, this third lament, is the longest of the five laments that Jeremiah is going to write. It's, in a sense, uh, this is uh, traditional to the writers, uh, particularly in the Old Testament. And we like to put the apex of our stories at the end. Well, for the, the writers, uh, many of the writers of the Old Testament, they put what it is that is the apex of what they're uh, trying to get across in the middle. And this is what we see here in Lamentations chapter 3. In the first 18 verses, we'll see what Jeremiah's experience was like as he carried out his ministry. He was faithful. Let us keep that in our mind as we read what Jeremiah has experienced. Remember, Jeremiah obeyed God. Jeremiah, in a sense, was a righteous man among those who were unrighteous. Jeremiah was faithful. He faithfully carried out his ministry uh, to the nation uh, that he was called and sent by God to serve. And what we see here is, is he is processing suffering in his own heart. He, he is processing what he is feeling, what he has been thinking and and and, and what he is showing to us and to the people that uh, remain of Israel and Judah, what he is showing them is how is it that you are to process suffering? How, how do you process hard times? How is it that you process the times when God seems to be hidden? When suffering eclipses our hope in God. This is this is what Jeremiah is doing. He, he is laying this out so that and he is sharing his thoughts and his feelings uh, in his time of affliction. He's doing this primarily to identify with the people. We read in and uh, Peyton read in, in Corinthians that God comforts us with the comfort that we are to take to others. Jeremiah is doing that. This is a, an Old Testament. Lamentations is an Old Testament illustration of one who is godly seeking to comfort those who need comfort. But the difference with Jeremiah is that he was suffering under the same wrath that, that the people were suffering under. There, in a sense, the, the hope that, that Jeremiah had was God and God alone. And a future promise that God had given 
him as far as the nation of Israel. But but Jeremiah is is, is sharing uh, these things because he he does this to identify with the people and 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 show them. Look, remember they've been crying out. Oh, nobody sees what we're going through. You remember that? Oh, we're just having such a hard time. Our enemies are laughing at us. We are we we are in need. Nobody hears us. Jeremiah here, he heard him. And this is how Jeremiah is seeking to to comfort. He showed, I, I'm I'm suffering the same pain. But there is a way that we're to respond to suffering and pain. That's what Jeremiah is saying to these people. He he he. He, he, he wants to encourage them and he wants to be an example for them in exile. They're going into exile and he wants to, uh, as it were, set an example by his life before them and how they are to see God. Uh, and, and to be honest, <laughs> that's the amazing thing, to be honest about what they're going through. It ain't like it's a secret. God knows and Jeremiah and it's okay to let God know what we're feeling and thinking. And that's what we what we're what we get from this this passage. Uh, David uh Dixon said this. He noted that uh of Jeremiah he says uh Jeremiah takes up the lamentation that all the faithful may follow him at the back and lament with him in the sight of a pitying, pitying God to see if matters may be helped, end quote. That's, this is what Jeremiah's doing. He, he in a sense, is, is leading the way in, in how to respond. Robin Perry said this of Jeremiah, that his suffering is a participation in their suffering. And thus his story becomes a model for them to emulate and a source of hope. This is why God sends us through tough times. This is why God sends us through trial after trial in this fallen world that we live in. So that we know how to build others up in the, the comfort that God grants in Christ. And, 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 and so Jeremiah is, is, is becoming a model for the people. God, think about it. All of this, we talked about all the devastation, the dying kids, uh, dying in their mother's bosom, uh, uh, mothers and, and, and not just the mothers, but the people are, 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 uh, committing cannibalism. They're eating, uh, eating others. I mean, it's all of this is going on and God put Jeremiah right there. And, and ain't life like that sometimes for us. Everybody else seemed to be having it good, good in their lives. Things seem to be going well. And in our lives. It's just falling apart. That's by purpose. There's a purpose in that. God has a purpose in you may say. It feels like everything, my world is caving in, my life is falling apart. It's not by chance that you dare. There's purpose. That's what Jeremiah is helping us to see. And I pray that you see that as we go through 
this chapter. And and what Jeremiah want them to understand is that their hope is is in God and God alone. That that is their only hope. Remember, in Jeremiah uh, chapter two, verse thirteen, God said of, of the people that they committed two evils: that they had forsaken Him, the fountains of living water, and gone out to broken cisterns that can hold no water. Jeremiah is saying. Your broken systems have got you in the place that you're in. You're thirsty. You're experiencing the consequences of your sin, of, of, of your sin of rejecting God and turning away from him to idols. And Jeremiah is leading the people back to God, leading them back to trust him and to obey. Because regardless of what we're going through, beloved, God commands us to trust him. God, God, just think of this with Jeremiah. Everything that 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 is trans uh, transpiring that is taking place, God commands them to still trust Him and and to be faithful and, and obey Him, no matter what they're going through, no matter how they may feel. Next week, we'll see Jeremiah change his tone. He'll change his tone from despair to hope. Matter of fact, let's look ahead a little bit. Lamentations chapter three. Look down at verse 21. But this I call to mind. And therefore, I have hope. You see, you hear Jeremiah is pointing to himself and 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 how he has think uh, thought about his circumstance. Now he's he is revealing his thought about the true hope in God. He says, verse 20, 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. <laughs> his mercy never come to an end. Wait a minute. You, you, you get, I mean, are you feeling this after all that we have read? It's like, what? Jeremiah is saying, it's true. The steadfast of the love never ceases, even though the people are experiencing the wrath of God. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You, you, you see what 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 Jeremiah is doing? He he's not giving people excuses to make for for why they are where they are. The consequences of sin is the consequences of sin. But yet in the midst of it, God never changes. He is still a God of compassion and a God of mercy, who in a sense is 
is waiting for those who are without strength to come to him for strength. God is faithful and he will not cast off his people forever. Every morning, God shows his mercy and compassion. And, and so the point here is that relief, comfort, and even deliverance from what we experience is not the goal, beloved. That is, that is not the goal. Deliverance is, is not the goal. What is the goal? Trusting in God is the goal. Trusting in the truth of what God has revealed about himself in scripture. Not change of the circumstances, but what God has said is true about himself, regardless of the circumstances. What we want to do oftentimes, we're in disguise. We want to get the credit. We want to get the credit for, in a sense, for lifting ourselves out of the situation. We, we'll use God to do that. We'll use God and his word to in a way that that puts us in charge so that if we come out, we can get the credit. And 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 as we as that mindset that mindset develops in us our dissatisfaction with our lives in those times can lead us to make faulty assumptions about God and his purpose. And as we are battered with the things of life, as we are battered, as we are exhausted, as we experience loneliness, as we go through perhaps a, a illness that is drawn, drawn out, it's a long drawn out illness. Perhaps as we experience disappointment and sadness and despair, it this 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 mindset of of trying to dictate God and our circumstances only give way to doubt that eclipses the truth of God. That's why we have to renew our minds. That's why we have to be constantly feeding ourselves upon God and his word. We like to think that our circumstances that, that, that we can use our circumstances to evaluate God. If, if times are good, God is good. If times are bad, God is bad. God wants me to be happy. And if he wants me to be happy, he would not have me struggling with this illness. He would not have me struggling with this habit. God never changes. We shouldn't use our circumstances to evaluate God's character. God is always faithful, even when we're unfaithful. And so with all of that, 
as an introduction. We're going to get through these 18 verses. And trust me, we're going to get through. Look at verse one. Jeremiah says, I am the man who has seen affliction. Again, Jeremiah identifies himself as an individual who has also experienced affliction in his own life. We read how the people are are, uh, being afflicted by God. And Jeremiah says, look, I've experienced afflictions myself. And again, Jeremiah is doing this in order to identify with the suffering people. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 21, to show that uh, Jeremiah's concern is the people. He says in Jeremiah 8 and 21, since my people are crushed, I am crushed. I mourn and horror grips me. Jeremiah understands. Uh, he wants the people to understand that he hears them. He understands their affliction because he himself has experienced affliction. And where is this affliction coming from? What, I mean, Jeremiah is a he's a he's he, he's done what God has told him to do. He's been obedient. Where is it coming from the enemies? Look at the text. Jeremiah says, I'm the man who has seen affliction because of the rod of his wrath. Who is his here? Well, Jeremiah doesn't identify who it is. Uh, until later on, but the his here is God. It's because of the rod of God's wrath that this man who has served God faithfully, his experience is experiencing affliction. And this suffering that 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 he's going through, this personal suffering is because of God. Verse two, he He has driven me and made me walk. Now, before we go further, I want you to think about Psalm 23. Matter of fact, let's turn over there because we can want to have this in mind as uh, as we we think about the following verses. And, And perhaps you can. Quote Psalm 23 by memory. Let us look there before we go further. Psalm 23. And this is God's character uh, revealed and his attitude revealed as far as his relationship with his people. Uh, The title here in my Bible is the Lord is my shepherd. And we see that in verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Remember that. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff. You notice that your rod and your staff, they come from me. Jeremiah is interpreting 
uh, the rod of God's wrath for him as one who has obeyed as a rod that is set out to uh, cause him suffering. The psalmist says, the rod, he says, your rod and your staff, they come from me. Even when God is, is, is sending us the rod of correction, it is meant to, in a sense, bring us to a place of comfort because we may have been in sin. And it is better to be afflicted so that we can come from, that we can turn from sin than to walk in sin. And so he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with all my cups overflow, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We read that. But we don't see that in what we get ready to, to look at. Jeremiah says he has driven me and made me walk. What we get ready to see is, is that a God has is, is not guiding Jeremiah and, and, and according to Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah's perspective. He in his perspective, God has God has not taken him and make him walk in green pastures and, and by streams of water. The place that God has taken Jeremiah in Jeremiah's mind is in darkness and not light. Jeremiah felt that God used his rod of wrath to drive him into total darkness. John Calvin noted here, he says, quote, when the Hebrews said that they were in darkness and not in light, they amplified, amplified the obscurity as though they said that there was not even a spark of light in that darkness. It being so thick and obscure, it signifies all sorts of, of adversities and sorrow which proceeds from them, end quote. So when 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 they use darkness here, it's, it is it is not just dark. It is dark, dark <laughs> in everything, in every circumstance There there is no prosperity there. They, they're not prospering. Uh, Jeremiah, say, I should say Jeremiah is not prospering. According to his perspective, he's in such sorrow. He feels like he's alienated from God. He's in dark. He feels alienated from God. But God says in Isaiah 45, verse seven, I form the light and create darkness. <laughs> this darkness is because. That, that Jeremiah is experiencing is because the hand of God has brought it about. God says, I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Isaiah 45, verse 7. So as we look at it, we see God at work. But Jeremiah didn't feel that way. And we can feel that way sometimes. Because we're feeling. We're not believing. Verse three, surely he said, surely against me, he has turned his hand repeatedly all the day. No matter what 
Jeremiah did, it seemed like God's hand was against him, striking him again and again and again. The whole day long, he said. And Matthew Henry remarked, uh, uh, remarks concerning this verse. He says, quote, when God's hand is continually turned against us, we are tempted to, to think that his head is turned against us, too. You, you, you get that? He said, when God's hand is continually against us, we are tempted to think that his head is turned against us, too. Even though God is taking us through, he sees what's going on. God sees what is taking place in the lives of his children at all times because he is the one who has ordained. ordained. Verse four, he said, he has caused my flesh and my skin to waste away. He made Jeremiah saying, I'm aging too quickly. <laughs> what I'm going through, and, and we know that, you, a person who is under great stress, uh, who is going through perhaps some kind of illness where their their body is is under under great stress and 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 trauma it can it can age you you can look you can get old real quick well I should say you can you can look older than than what you are Jeremiah said he suffered physical pain to the point that it felt like he was he was aging prematurely he had his wrinkled skin and 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 he had fragile uh, bones that that didn't heal easily. And, 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 you know, when you have a broken bone and you try to, you know, say, for instance, you broke your leg, you know, your your femur or you, you break that and you try to walk on it. It's going to be some pain. Eh? Jeremiah is talking about the, he he's in pain. And that's similar to, to what the psalmist said over in Psalm 42. At Peyton Red. Psalm 42, verses 9 and 10, it says, I, I, uh, the, the psalmist said, I say to my God, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taught me why they say to me all the day long, where is your God? I mean, we see this, 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 this way of illustrating pain and suffering uh, throughout the scripture, particularly in the Psalms. Verse five, Jeremiah said, he has besieged me and, and encompassed me with with bitterness and hardship. He, he's, he, he is like a man, uh, uh, Jerusalem, I mean, uh, in Jerusalem and Judah, uh, Jerusalem was under siege and the people, uh, it was under siege for 18 months and the people were starving on, on the inside. And Jeremiah said, he, he is like a man who is under siege himself. He, he is suffering. He, he, he is suffering not just Physically, but but mentally and, and emotionally. Life is hard. 
And 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 it was a struggle for for him just to survive. Verse six. In dark places, he made me dwell like those who have long, those who have long been dead. <laughs> he said, God has set me in, and notice that in dark places, plural. He has set me in dark places, one dark place after another dark place, after another dark place. Like in the, in the tombs, uh, uh, of the dead or, or, or like in a dungeon. And Jeremiah was put in a dungeon at one point. But the prophet here, he, he wants the people to understand that he's in such distress, he was in such distress that the, that what he, he felt he was experiencing was, was barely distinguishable from death. Seems like Yahweh is trying to take his life. He, he is feeling. He feels lifeless. There's no light. There's no joy for living. God seems absent. So not only was there was no prospering, no prosperity, but there's no help. For Jeremiah, look at verse seven. He has walled me in so that I cannot go out. <laughs> he has made my chains heavy. It felt like for Jeremiah that he was in a prison with with no way of escape. He was hedged about with 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 the, with, with the wall that God put there. That's the way Jeremiah felt. And and. And not only was he walled about, he couldn't escape in it where he was. It felt like he had heavy chains on. <laughs> he, he, it felt like he had weighted chains. This, this is personally. His pain was was inescapable. He, he couldn't go. He couldn't get out of the circumstance that, that he was in. He said in verse eight, even when I cried out and called for help. Oh, this is this is even worse. When, when I called up, he said and called for help. He shuts out my prayer. That worst of all, the Lord, he felt that the Lord wasn't hearing his prayers, even though he shouted and cried for help. Help God. God did not. It's seen to him that God didn't hear his prayer. Why is that? Well, I think the primary reason is the people are not repenting yet. Jeremiah's job is not done. The people aren't repenting. And of course, God is not going to hear Jeremiah's prayer because the people are not in a place to where they are walking in a way that pleases God. So God was not hearing the prayer because Jeremiah was praying the wrong prayer. They must go through what they're going through. And Jeremiah along with them, verse nine, he has blocked my ways 
with hewn stone. Meaning God has taken us in his God has has hewn out a stone and, and these stones, what is keeping me in? God has specifically made it to block my way. He has made my past crooked. It, even though it got, and God has put God has put hindrances in, in his way to, to block his way of life. And even if Jeremiah could get out, even if he could get out, his way would be crooked. <laughs> he has blocked my ways. God is hindering him. He has made my past crooked. Verse 10. He is like to me. He is to me like a bear. You, you hear what you hear? You hear what he said, he is to me like a bear. Once again, this is Jeremiah is, 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 is saying, this is to me, this is how I felt. This is what it was like. This is the way I, I thought about God. He was, he is to me like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in secret places. God seemed like, God to him seemed like he was a predator that was ready to ambush him. <laughs> Ready to tear him to pieces. We'll go back. You remember Psalm 23. Yea, do I walk, walk through the valley of the shadow of death? God is with me. I brought in that staff. They comfort me. Jeremiah is showing that when we're going through difficult times, we can, our thinking, we our thinking can 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 become uh it, it can be it can become uh, not truthful. We can we can get we can because what we're feeling and what we're experiencing and we can think that we, we can think of that in a way that it is bigger than God. What I'm going through, God can it, this is too big for God. And then we began to say things about God that are not true. Jeremiah said, he, he, he is to me like a bear lying in wait, like a lion. I want you to think about what we just read later on in Lamentations chapter three. God mercies are new every morning. You got, I want you to feel what Jeremiah is saying. It, it, he, he, he is saying that this is the way I thought God was. I was like this at one moment. Remember Asaph. When he when he when the when he saw the wicked prospering, he said of himself, he said, I was like a I was like a, a, a animal <laughs> in my thinking. Jeremiah to Jeremiah, God seemed like a predator, waiting to ambush. Verse 11, he has turned aside my ways and tore me to pieces. He made me desolate. And so not only did, you know, was not only was God like a to him, like a, a predator waiting to ambush him. God took him to the places where he ambushed. That, that's what Jeremiah is saying. God, God took me to the place where he would ambush me. 
verse 12, he bent his bow and set me as a target for it, for the arrow. He targeted me. Remember, Jeremiah said that about uh, the, the people in chapter 2, verse 4. Verse 13, he made the arrows of his, this is God, God's arrow. Even though the, it's the Babylonians that bring in all this about, Jeremiah said he made the arrows of his quiver. Let us let us get it right, he's saying to the people, that God is the one who is bringing this about. He has made the arrows of his quiver, his quiver to enter into my inward parts. That part, those parts of us that are the most vulnerable, the, the, the weakest part, the vulnerable areas, Jeremiah said he has made the, his arrows enter those points. And so there's no help. There's no hope. There's no hope, Jeremiah. Is thinking, verse fourteen. I have become a laughingstock to all, uh, to all, all my people. They're mocking some all the day. This can't be the the enemies of Israel. Guess who are the people that are laughing at? The people that he's trying to help. The people of Israel, the very people that Jeremiah has been sent by God to help, they laughing at him. The very people he was sent to minister to. And, and if, 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 you, if you're involved in any type of ministry, this can be discouraging. It can be discouraging if you're doing it for the wrong reason. I say it that way. If you're doing it for the right reason, yeah, there may you may at times be discouraged, but as you remember what it is that you're doing and for who it is that you're doing, it kind of brings a, a sense of peace to your soul. Jeremiah said, I'm, I'm a laughing stock. To all the people, they 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 made up a song to mock me. Verse fifteen, he has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunk with with wormwood. Jeremiah believes that all he has is bitterness, and and the cup that he's made to drink is this this wormwood. It was a it was a a bitter drink. Uh, actually, it was a drink that could probably kill you. He said, he has made me, he has filled me with bitterness and made me drink this, this deadly drink. Verse 16. Not only that, he has broken my teeth with gravel. He has made me cower in the dust. When you break your tooth, I've never done that. But from what I gather from people that have broken a tooth, they can be painful. And it's like Jeremiah saying, God gave me a rock sandwich to eat. He, 
you know, and and because of that, my my tooth are, are broken. He he made me cower in the dust. God has brought Jeremiah so low. That in his mind. That he is low as the dust on the ground. Verse 17, my soul has been rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness. He's depressed. He has forgotten what happiness is. Because he thinks he has at one time he was thinking that God had forsaken him, that God had forgotten about him. That God was against him. God was after him to hurt him. But here's our challenge. We're not to live by our own interpretation. These are all of Jeremiah's interpretations apart from scripture. We're to to search out God's interpretation of our own, what's going on in our lives, of our our sin, our unbelief, and our commitment. But oftentimes what what we do is that our interpretation, the way we interpret things, is really what is bringing us a sense of hopelessness. It's not God. It's the way that we're interpreting what we're going through. It's how we're trying to frame the situation. Jeremiah says in verse 18, so I say my strength has perished. And so has my hope from the Lord. What is Jeremiah saying? Has God let Jeremiah down? We we know because we just read what we're going to look at, Lord willing, next week. No, God has not let Jeremiah down. Jeremiah is, he is physically drained. He is emotionally exhausted. He, he is suffering. And these things has weakened his faith. His, what he is enduring has weakened his faith. That's why he put it on the pages of scripture to show us that there are times in our lives where our faith is weak. One author noted this, he says, quote, it is not God who let him down. But his emotions that had overpowered his faith and reason and plunged him into a trough of despair, end quote. David Paulson, the late David Paulson says this. Our often our typical sins emerge in our own hearts. He says they our typical sins emerge in reaction to betrayal, loss or pain. He says he says hammered by such 
or by some evil, we cannot uh, we discover the evils in our own heart. As he said, as circumstances take place in our lives, we begin to see what is really in our hearts. He has and perhaps more often in the hands of our kind and purposeful father, the bad and the good both come out. A trial brings out what is most wrong in you. You get what he said? Uh, your trials bring out what is most wrong in you, he says. And, he's, and he adds, and God brings about what is most right as he meets you and works with you. So God, so so as God put us in circumstances where where in a sense our hearts are being revealed, He's not trying to hurt us; He's trying to love us by exposing and showing us what is the what is it that exposing. Perhaps we have false hope in other things. A false hope could be good health. God doesn't promise us that we're going to have good health for our, the rest of our lives. A false hope could be job security. False hope could be my spouse. I'm not saying these things are bad, but because of our sinful hearts, we can turn these things. It could be our children. It, we could turn these things into false hope. And as we do, the disappointment, the discouragement, the frustration, the pain, the suffering of all of, of having these things as our false hope, all of these things exposes what's going on in our hearts. No, God, God hadn't, God is, God is not against you. He is for you. And the best place to be. Is to a point to where we present ourselves to God. We present our bodies as a living sacrifice to say to God, you know, God, you're God and I'm not. Do with me as you please. You see, when we can say that in the midst of suffering, we are maturing. When we can say, you know what? God, you know that my desire, I, I wish that that I had this or, you know, uh, I, I remember when uh, before I met Nora, you know, I was in a dark time in my life and I wanted to be married. And I said and I, and I remember getting to a point and I say, you know what, God? If I never get married, that's OK. But you know my heart. And God was merciful. You see, in those moments, 
The reason I believe the way I believe is because of those moments when it was dark. I remember being in a place in my life where I was a whole paycheck and home because of me. I had no food in the kitchen because of me. And at the time, my family was gone. My car was gone. I was riding to work on a bicycle. And the pedal kept falling off. And as I look back in those times, the faith that I have in God was formed in those moments where it was the most difficult for me, where I suffered the most. God enabled me to see things about my heart. I was believing wrong things about God and God exposed all of that. He he exposed it all. And I was and I, I was helpless. But God was right there. Romans 8, 28 was one of the scriptures that God used to ground my soul. So, beloved, while God is ever present and all knowing, sometimes it doesn't feel that way. You may feel hopeless, helpless, abandoned by God. And, and it's in these times that you and I must realize. We, we must realize how easy it is for us to be overcome by our feelings, by our emotions, by our faulty thinking during difficult times. But it's in those times we must learn first to submit to God. Submit to God as he has revealed himself in in his word. Not a God we make up to get us out of our circumstances or to make to to minimize what we're going through. No, the God as he God had as he has revealed himself in his word, that he is sovereign, that he is God alone. We must submit to him and his plan for our lives. And second thing, when our thoughts, we, we must turn our thoughts to God and resist the temptation of going after what we feel and being influenced how we feel. We must not give in to our fallen emotions. But when we don't feel like it, we get God's word. We read it. I used to take my Bible to work with me. I was in the military. You don't supposed to do that. But, you know, I was like, well, they just have to suck it up. I need my word. And I would go and I would go down to the motor pool. I have my Bible in my backpack and we would take a, a, a 10 minute break. 
uh, in the motor pool and we're doing maintenance, we would take a break like every hour, a 10 minute break every hour. And I would have my word right there. They were like, man, Sandy, what are you doing? Why are you reading your Bible? Because this is all I have. This is what I need right now. I'll be reading. And I ain't care who was watching me. I didn't care what people thought. I would read my Bible because God's word was my food. Honoring God in difficult times is a choice we have to make. And we need his word to do that. We need his word because if, if our temptation is to give in to bitterness, anger, try to manipulate our circumstance, we can be thinking more about ourselves. Isaiah 26 and 3 says this. You kept him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. Take this verse and write it down. Put it in your pocket. Put it in your purse. Put it in your wallet. Put it in your car. Put it. Put it somewhere to where when you are tempted to doubt God, to think ill of God, bring this verse to mind. Amen. Let us pray. Father, We see throughout the Old Testament and New Testament the transparency of many of the writers who told the truth about what was going on in their hearts and minds. And, and they did this so that these things would be examples for us to help us to know that first that living in this fallen world is going to be hard. And sometimes as you pour out your wrath ever so slightly upon this world in which we live, sometimes the consequences of the, the sin of the world begins to impact our lives. And Father, it's in those times where we feel the weight of living in a fallen world and even sometimes when the discipline, your discipline of us because of our sin is heavy. Help us to remember the truth about you as revealed in the scripture. Help us to to not give way to shallow thinking about you. Help us to not give way to selfish thinking about ourselves. Help us to be like the Apostle Paul who said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It was Paul who said that we, because of what you have done for us in Christ, that we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice that we're in a sense to put our bodies 
uh, at your disposal to do what, what you will with our bodies. Because this life is not all that is. We have the hope of eternity as your people. And though we may suffer and we may give our lives to, and die for the sake of Jesus Christ, we have a greater joy waiting on us. Uh, our home in heaven is waiting on us. And so, Father, help us to come to terms with the reality that we will suffer. And sometimes for some of us, Suffering will be more of an issue than with others. But regardless of where we are on the suffering scale, help us to remember that you are a merciful God and a faithful God and that you will never leave us nor forsake us. How precious are those truths when the light seems to be out that even in the dark time, even in the valley of the shadow of death, you are with us. Even though we may be hurting and, and in pain, you are with us. Oh, how precious that truth is. So, Father, I pray that this was, this, these things would become the anchor of the soul of your people so that we can be a light that shines and show that Show the world that God is sufficient, that you're sufficient, that your word is sufficient. And that the only hope that anyone has is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we thank you, Father. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.